Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey, Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker. How are we doing, people? Well, I woke up this morning and it's gorgeous out. Right? I mean, so insanely hot, but so beautiful. I'm actually wearing shorts to the studio, which never, ever happens. So um, yeah. that's how hot it is. But yeah, I got a lot of thoughts, and I'm just going to save it for um, when our segment happens and, and starts. So how about you guys? For sure. I mean, it's a beautiful day wherever you are. It's Thursday, right? Getting toward the weekend. Some good music probably coming out at 9 p.m., hopefully. <laughs> uh, last week wasn't that great of a... I mean, unless you like Beyonce. It was fine, but... Uh, We'll see what happens. I'm excited for sports and uh, music coming out tonight. Yeah, I mean, tough 24 hours for women's basketball. I mean, I know we'll get into it, but first, I mean, two very opposite ends of the spectrum, but Paige Beckers tears her ACL, is going to miss the entire year, which huge blow just for the game itself. And then, you know, I know we'll get into what's going on with Brittany Griner, but that's just another another terrible issue we got to talk about. Before we get into um, Griner, because, I mean, that's going to be a, a huge topic, obviously, um, do you believe that if Paige, Bu- if Paige Buckets actually was able to be one and done, this wouldn't even be a, a situation right now? Her tearing her ACL? Yeah. Like if she had left after her freshman year and she just kept and she went straight into the WMA after that because she wasn't hurt. Yeah, she wasn't hurt until I mean, sophomore year. She should have done it because she was good enough. Well, they, they can't do it. Yeah. They have to be. I know, years I know. Removed, but, but I'm saying that's the that's the that's bad rule. They should be able to do that because don't you want to expand the professional game as much as possible? And a star like that, getting them to the league as quick as possible if they're ready, that's the goal, right? I I, I, I think you could. I think she could make the argument to yes. you that it's better for her and her personal brand to stay at UConn and build it there than go to go to the league after a year. Well, especially with NIL right now, like uh-huh. that girl can actually make money. I mean, she yeah, has yeah, massive yeah. deals with Gatorade, with yeah. Nike, I mean, there's there's definitely an argument. X and she's def- all over the board. Definitely an argument both ways for sure. Yeah, no, I just wanted to know your thoughts on it because I I thought that she she could easily have been a one and done for and sure gone, and gone to the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and I was thinking that she wouldn't even be her. I, I don't want to say she wouldn't have gotten hurt by any means, but I think it would have been easier for her maybe. Or like it would have been a little less. Um, maybe she would have gotten some better, you know, care or something like that if she had gone pro early. So let me get this straight: if you are a collegiate player at her level, you can make more from the NIL deals currently than you can make from a WNBA. Oh, salary. absolutely, hundred percent. So they don't pay anything money. in the WNBA. LeBron, LeBron makes sad. twice as much as the entire league. Yeah, twice as much as the entire league of the WNBA. Like it's like seventeen million or something, and he makes what like thirty plus. Like I mean that that's, makes forty four. Yeah, year. that's that. But that's the 
I mean, you're just making my point even better, even stronger. It's like one player in the NBA is making two, yeah. three times as much as an entire league is making. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's why they, they, they kind of need to, you know, get shoe deals and things away from the court. Because, I mean, the fact of the matter is when we went to a Sparks game, ticket sales are not there. TV viewership's not there. Hopefully it will get there at some point, but it's not there quite yet. All right, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. We just found out Brittany Griner was found guilty this morning of drug possession and sentenced to nine and a half years. Everyone knows that I'm extremely passionate about this and have some major thoughts um, about the sentencing, but I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on the Brittany Griner sentencing. Really quick, I mean, this is very complicated. I, I know there's a lot of people out there that want the U.S. to do something. She is effectively a prisoner of I don't want to say war, but she is a prisoner right now. So it is not a simple solution to uh, bring home Brittany Griner. And as much as I want her to come back and everyone does, the U.S. has a tall task ahead of them right now. Russia doesn't have to cooperate. I do believe, I really truly do believe that they will. Why? Because the U.S. will give them, this is such a... A, a big story right now. U.S. will give up, whether it's one prisoner or more, they will do what they have to do to bring Brittany Griner plus, and I think there was someone else that's a prisoner in Russia. By the way, this person that they had talked about who i'm not aware of you know has been there since 2019 yeah this is i think this is a regular person i don't think that it's yeah like a so i i think they're, they're kind of looking at it. and by the way like i don't know who this person is but, like, but this person's been there for years plural so i think they're saying all right listen we will give you back you know like prisoner like xyz and we want Brittany griner and by the way you have like xyz person there i think my my view is they they will hopefully get something done and i have to believe that because it is extremely depressing to yeah. think that Brittany griner may be stuck in a prison cell for nine years yeah. nine and a half it's years it's terrible it's terrible and uh, you know it's a dumb rule um and regardless you know it is her fault but it's a dumb rule she shouldn't be in prison for nine years but it's not even a rule brandon i mean they're, it's a law, she, yeah. but, but they're yeah. in russia they can i mean the yeah. fine was sixteen thousand dollars well shoot well we'll, we'll we'll give you one million it's not even yeah. about that they yeah. have a little bit of power they right want now. yeah they want power and, over yeah. the u.s that's what it's about it's not even about you know um britney violating She's that law pawn, exactly yeah, it's it's a pawn russia's always trying to go after america and see what they can have over us but I, you know i wanted to bring up a different perspective someone from canada texted me about this um you know a good friend of mine sean kretz who knows a lot about just a lot a lot in general and he has a canadian perspective he said america has thousands of people in jail for weed at the moment it would look so bad if they actually got britney griner out for nothing and then kept all of these people in jail for weed for drugs that really for a drug that's really not even legal yeah, you know, so I mean, I, not even illegal as much anymore. I 100% agree with him, but at the same time, the reason why this is being so televised and everything is because it's Griner. Like, 100%. It's, it's, yeah. It has, you know, like, there have been people that have gotten out because, because of, like, our now current, you know, 
laws per state or whatever. But uh, I agree with you. I think I think it's ridiculous and it's very hypocritical of the U.S. But it's a little bit they different. They still have right? to do exactly. it. Though. Yeah. Weed yeah. is legal in I don't want to say the majority of states, but in a lot of states. Yeah. So the majority of smart legislated states. A there. B. By the time this gets sorted out, and I hope it does, I mean, she's been in prison for quite Six some months, time. right? Okay, so like, yeah. just just so, I mean, I, I get your friend's comparison. There's no one in jail who's using weed for medicinal purposes who's been in jail for 100%, years. 100%. Are, so there are yeah. percentages of people that have used weed for medicinal purposes, but no, majority but of them But it's legal are where selling. she lives, yeah. I'm assuming. I mean, she plays for the Phoenix for Mercury, Phoenix, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's definitely not a violation in America. Again, it's this is power move by Russia. At the same time, you know, obviously we should get Brittany Griner back and do whatever it takes. But we should also let all the people out of jail that had weed charges from years ago that it's not that it's not illegal in those states anymore that were violations 20 some years ago, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just a very complicated situation, right? I know, Raj, I know you didn't want to say it, but I mean, she is being treated as if she was a prisoner of war, right? Yep. She saw an opportunity yep. to make a point, make a statement and try and, you know, gain some leverage on the United States. And they've done that. And it just, I mean, Brandon, I get your friend's point, but we have, you can't. I don't, I never said I agreed with him. I I said this is just a point he made from a Canadian's perspective. Like it's, it is, it is what it is because it's Griner. Like if it was me or if it was one of us, the entire country's not talking about us being in Russia for nine and a half years because we're everyday citizens. We're not Brittany Griner. Um, So that's, that's where the, the, that's where it gets complicated is, is who it is. And then, you know, Brandon, your, I mean, your friend's point with being what it is does complicate things, you know, yeah. here because yeah. we have people in, in the prison system. That should not be in prison, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's just going to get messy. I, I mean, I feel like you can go down the rabbit hole with this as well, too, by the way. like For a know. multitude of other issues. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. I agree with everything that's been said. I don't know if they've spoken about this, but I wonder if she's having the ability to contact her loved ones and stuff. I, I doubt it. But. So they, they have talked about that. That has been um, brought up. And no, <laughs> she has not been able to talk to anybody. Just to give a quick example, and again, this is not the same. I know the the Times tried to kind of compare the two. I was in China with the Ball family when that whole thing happened. You know, big differences. The Ball family, well, the kids from UCLA. I think they may have spent one night in prison, but that was basically it. They were released. They were back at the hotel. The optics are so important here. Yeah. People who are kind of like slamming their fist down and saying she's an Olympian, she's American, get her home, bring her home. I get it. She's in Russia. She is in Russia right now. Russia does not have to do a darn thing. It is really important right now. The optics are so big to be very and again, you don't want to be thankful to Russia, but the, I mean there is a something about diplomacy at play here where you're not like she does not have to be brought back home. Russia could keep her there for nine and a half years or 10 years or whatever. It is really important right now to realize she's not in the U.S. This is not a U.S. situation. She's not in a U.S. jail. So how do you get her back? Diplomacy, what does that mean? Yeah. You don't negotiate a trade of prisoners publicly. When I first read that, yeah, I, like, know, I was right? wondering, <laughs> like, is this a done deal? And the why, merchant of death, right? Why, why am yeah. I reading it? about this russia doesn't want to handle this publicly if anything 
they think that's offensive. They think, oh, you think this is a done deal? Screw you. She's going to be here for nine plus years. And I hope that's not the case. But I really need people to realize just because you put a patch on your jersey and just because you put a logo on the court, Russia doesn't care about that. And it's sad and it's depressing. But this is not a normal situation. She is not a prisoner in a country that we do business with. Exactly. Fact, it's an enemy. It's an exactly. Enemy. That, yeah. th- this, to your point, this makes it worse. Well, and and all the all the sanctions we've put on Russia for the whole Ukraine situation. I mean, just diplomacy at a level. They're not our friend right now. So this is why it makes it so much harder. Yeah. I mean, the, like you said, this is his bargaining chip, right? Well, let's move on to the NFL. Um, they're appealing to Sean Watson's six-game suspension, seeking a tougher verdict. Watson's lawyers, um, in response, are going to sue the NFL. What do you guys expect will happen and what should happen? So here's the thing. Six games is ridiculous, right? I mean, six. When I when I heard that, I was I was thinking that that's a ridiculously small number. I'm hearing the commissioner is not going to be involved in this. A third party will be. And then what the heck was the role of the judge? Well, wasn't the judge supposed to be this impartial third party? So I don't know how this plays out. Cleveland was prepared for Deshaun Watson to miss a season, a full season. That is the bare minimum to me. He should be suspended one year. So how this all plays out i i do not know i do think it is in uh it it helps watson's case in the cleveland's case that a third party a judge ruled six games so the league is i think the league publicly has to appeal the league publicly has to say listen we would like it to be more games again cleveland and Deshaun Watson were prepared for a one-season suspension. When you look at what his contract is, yep. he's effectively getting paid, what, like a million or two this year, and then the majority of the contract is at the, the end. Um, so listen, he should be suspended at least a year. I don't think it happens. Why? Because you brought in a third-party exactly. judge to rule, and she ruled for six games. Exactly, and that's the system that they created, was this third judge. And whether we agree with it or not, then it's like, then the Players Association is going to be like, well, you agreed on this third party and now you're appealing. And that's why there's, there's a problem here. You talk about optics. I mean, six games for Watson. It's just ridiculous considering Josh Gordon was given, what, 25 games for weed. Calvin Ridley for betting, what, $25 on one game. And I, I get the I get, I get how bad it is to bet on games if you're an athlete. I get it. But, you know, he got a full year and then Watson gets six games for sexual mis- misconduct. And when it gets to the point of that many women, you know something happened. You know what I mean? Even though he got dropped of the charges, you know there was some sexual misconduct for sure. There's no doubt about that. So this looks bad for the NFL. Obviously, they're appealing this. I actually am under the impression that they will get this um, a more harsher ban at some point. I, I do think they'll bring in witnesses. Again, it it lacks the validity of this third party, and that's an issue. But at the same time, I think Goodell really wants this to be a year, and I think it's going to happen. I have a question. What if it doesn't? What if it just hits the six and they don't, you know, um, rule over this? Like what? Well, what? the thing is, the NFL is essentially appealing themselves, right? Yeah. So yep. they put this new. I don't know how many of you guys read this. The the report from uh, Judge what's Sue Robinson, I believe. Is yeah, name. Sue Robinson. But yeah. they put this new this new process in place to kind of change because the way that things were going it, with these kind of cases in the NFL prior was very light punishments and they tried to bring in this new system to kind of change what was going on there and now 
In her report, she said six games because he's a first-time offender. Well, he's not a first-time offender. He's a 24, 25-time. And they only had four people, um, right, in that, in like testifying. Right. So in this there appeal, they could things, bring way more. There were a lot of things in her report where she agreed with what the NFL was saying, but then he got off for different things that were in place with the NFL, um, whether it was being their their policy on first-time offenders or non-violent offenders, which she classified as non-violent. Um, and didn't she also say that there wasn't enough evidence in this case, in or, like um, for this for the reason for the um, for the sentencing? Like there wasn't enough evidence to the to the um, to the effect that he warranted more than a six-game suspension. I mean, yeah, if that's what she came down with. She obviously she obviously thought that was fair. But you know, I've also read things that said the NFL hired her because this type of case was outside of her, you know, realm of expertise. And now they get to appeal and make themselves look better for enforcing a harsher, harsher punishment. Um, yeah. Which I mean, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's valid or not. But the NFL is essentially appealing themselves here because Goodell has the final call, and I don't know how he's that's not why I think be involved it's be, here as the head of the. League. That's why I think it's going to be a harsher penalty. But at the same time, then it tells everybody, hey, your process that you created lacks complete validity. And any time that something will go to this judge and the NFL wants it to get appealed, they're going to get it appealed, right, and win. So then that that the optics of this situation is so weird. It needs to be more. I mean, it needs to be more than six games. Though. Six games. Absurd. Of course. Come on. And then as soon as he hit the field uh, at the Browns practice facility, there was just cheers and autographs. And it was like nothing had even happened. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm curious to see. If this is upheld at six games, what's that seventh game going to be like? What's his Baltimore reception going to? Is that a home or a road game? Road. Oh, okay. I'm assuming the whole stadium is going to boo him as soon as he as soon as he are you kidding me of course and i want to see how how the team rallies around him how the city of cleveland rallies or or does it i mean the the great thing about football is like that is a family right there like those guys are tight so like if you that's the one thing that i will give football players like their dues that like with when one person in the family especially the head of the household is is in trouble they all rally around each other they don't dip it is so it is gonna be really interesting to see how the players handle it though because there will be guys that in the media are sticking by Deshaun and saying you know he's one of my teammates whatever but I feel like there could be other guys that say look between the lines our job is to win I don't need to like him off the field I don't need to agree with his decisions and what he does so it'll be I don't know if anyone's gonna say that publicly but I'm sure people will feel that way I mean this is also not the first time I mean the Browns it looks very bad for them this isn't the first time they got Kareem Hunt now they have Deshaun Watson there's just no morals to this organization similar to the Yankees in baseball when they got two domestic abusers and a role as Chapman and then you know, uh, Azuna for the Astros. They got him I mean, for a little bit. Brandon, I mean, it's the NFL. Julio Urias man. started for the Dodgers last night. I yeah. mean, there is. Yeah. It, it happened. I mean, it's. I mean, it's yeah. just. It's like what we talked about Jihei on Friday. It sets such a bad precedent that, like, if you're good at sports, who yeah, cares if you, if you beat a, a woman? Who cares yeah. if you're. You know, it's like, screw you. At this point, we got to put our morals first. Like, if you do something, you should. Like, Miles Bridges should never play in the NBA again. Straight up. That's what uh, I think, uh, but he will. I mean, because he's good at basketball. No, for sure. We've but definitely. By the way, like there are players in that clubhouse who don't want to be involved in this, right? And, and I think that they probably regret having to kind of talk for yeah him and say, listen, like I'm not the GM of the team, I'm not the owner. They made a trade for this guy, and let's, you know, like I have to support him. And so publicly, you do support a guy, but like there are people who 100% agree with you, Brandon. Like. 
Really? Like there was, I mean, listen, Deshaun Watson, like at his best, is maybe a top ten, top top, top, 10, top Florida, five top, to ten quarterback, okay. right? So, yeah. like, I get why you you had to make the uh, trade, but you're putting a lot of fans in a position that they don't want to be in. You're putting a lot of the players in a, a position that they don't want to be in. That they have to defend their fandom. That they have to defend the team that yeah. they play for. And that's a tough thing to do because you're like, I mean, this is a team desperate for winning too, right? So they they would they want to do anything to win, and you got to weigh how. How much do you value morals? How much do you value the reputation of your organization? Now, G, would you would you stop being a fan of a team because of this though? I mean, because here's the thing: I, like, if I've been a longtime fan of the Cleveland Browns, like, like I'm not gonna throw away my stuff. But again, like, the Browns have put me in this weird position where, like, like I have to support this guy, but like I don't want to. I will say this: I am a Duke fan to the day I die, and no, and like with the whole Grayson Allen tripping, with there's like everybody, like the thirty for thirty that finally came out that t- that told the world that like you know we're not bougie people were like salt of the earth you know kind of kind of an organization um i've had to defend i've had to defend my fandom forever it's not the same obviously as what the browns are doing right now yeah. but i've still had to defend my fandom to, to the nines so no i wouldn't yeah I'd, no, I'd say really quickly before before we head off um it's different like the dodgers you have the urea situation you had the bauer situation exactly. but those yep. were those were situations where there was players that played for a team doing something independently the browns gave this guy so much money after what i don't get and have involved themselves in his personal situation which is a completely different issue absolutely that was crazy to me i mean that the fact that so they knew what was happening they knew exactly what was happening and they said we want to get into the i mean Deshaun even steven Watson ross business. and the dolphins didn't trade for him because exactly. of that. Mm. think about that all right let's leave it there for now when we come back we'll be joined by our good friend nick hamilton when we return right here on the mighty Air 1090 espn radio in southern california 98.5 the fan in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details. And here he is, our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? 
Man, feeling good, feeling great. How are you? I, I felt neglected, all right? I haven't seen you in a while. I know it's been a minute. I was in Nashville for <laughs> WrestleMania, Vegas as always. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... You know, spread my wings, Nick Hamilton. Um, listen, uh, t- today was a bit of a depressing day. We kind of woke up to the news of Brittany Griner not only being sentenced, uh, Nick, nine and a half years. The only real hope is that this is maybe the first step towards a negotiation, a prisoner swap, something like that. Uh, Nick, your thoughts on the Brittany Griner? Uh, I, I mean, it's not. It's more than a story, Nick. I mean, she is a prisoner r- r- right now. Um, yeah. I wasn't surprised. Oh, sorry. I wasn't surprised that the um, the verdict. And we pretty much have been anticipating that. We knew what the, the potential verdict would be as it pertains to the, the time that she would be uh, possibly receiving. So I wasn't surprised at that. I was more surprised at the fact that okay, what happens next? Um, the U.S. did say that they were waiting until the trial concluded before they would start negotiations. Obviously, they were doing prisoner prisoner swaps. Okay, well, now that the, the, the officially the, the trial is concluded, all right, U.S., you're on the clock. Um, this young lady deserves you to, to come home. Uh, she made a very terrible uh, choice in judgment. Um, nobody's, you know, going to say that she wasn't, but she doesn't deserve 10 years in a, in a Russian prison for that um, lapse in judgment. Um, she's being used as a political pawn. I think she realizes that now, um, which is why we saw her reach out to President Biden and, and, and other state officials um, as a result of that. And I think now it's up to the United States to do what they said they were going to do um, and bring this young lady home safe and sound. Um, and this should also wake up the WNBA uh, commissioner as well as the WNBA owners, um, the, NBP, the WNBPA. Um, and try to make some amends in the next couple of years to avoid these types of situations from happening to other players. That and, and thank God, you know, I, I say this uh, not to be disrespectful, but what if it wasn't Brittany Grant? What if it was a didn't know about that was stuck in the same type of predicament that Brittany Griner was in? Would we really have the same figure? Would we really have the same attention being brought on this young lady that we would Brittany Griner? Um, I would hate for this to happen in another country a year or two from now. Um, so there needs to be some type of provision. There needs to be some type of, uh, um, you know, maybe case studies or even some type of, uh, you know, big, uh, rules in the collective bargaining agreement that had that up the money, at least up the opportunity for these young ladies to make a little bit more money than they're making so they can provide for their families. The only reason why Bridget Griner was over there was to help provide for herself and her family better than what she received in the state playing for the Phoenix Mercury. Um, so that's got to change. And somehow, some way, that's going to be like to figure out a way to leave for the money. Again, I'm not saying that you have to pay these women, you know, two and three million dollars because the league doesn't enough for women to command that right now. But at least make more than what they're they're getting right now. Nick, the San Diego Padres were very active at the trade deadline. Uh, obviously, making the big splash for Juan Soto, acquiring Josh Hader. Uh, and Brandon Drury, who hit a grand slam yesterday. Uh, their offense is now at the tops of the league. Do they have the pitching to give the Dodgers a scare if they were to match up in October? Well, first of all, I can't believe you can be incredibly, absolutely so disrespectful and not mention the most consistent hitter this season in Josh Bell. Everybody looks at Juan Soto, which they should. But let's not forget the other power player that the Padres acquired in that, in that bulky lineup 
is Josh Bell from also from the Washington Nationals, who was a National League All-Star snub. This is a guy that has been consistent at the play, on base percentage, um, a guy that is very cerebral, high baseball IQ. So I think that from from at the plate, the Padres are definitely, once Fernando Tatis Jr. returns to the lineup, they're definitely going to be formidable. As far as the pitching outside of Josh Hader, I think they can compete. I don't think they have enough to necessarily overthrow the Dodgers at this point. But it does, this, this trade did put the Padres on the clock. And they have to win the World Series in the next two years. Because if you don't win the World Series in the next two years, all this is for nothing. Um, I love the Josh Hader move. Um, I don't understand why Andrew Freeman, the Dodgers, didn't jump on it sooner just for the sake of keeping him away from San Diego. Uh, Josh Hader is a guy that it was a it was a major head scratcher for the Milwaukee Brewers to even trade this guy uh, when they were in first place and doing pretty well. Um, but for the Dodgers to miss out on a blown opportunity like this and let him go to uh, another team in your division uh, who's pretty much been trying to nip at your heel the last couple of years is, is completely head scratcher. And Josh Hader is the kind of guy that if you have a one-run lead going into the eighth and you got Hader on that mound, you're going to be in some serious trouble for the most part. Um, so I think San Diego pretty much cashed all in. They gave away a lot of their top prospects. Uh, they traded C.J. Abrams, who I thought was a, a, guy, a young guy that could definitely you know, develop into a solid player as he got older. Uh, so the, the, the Padres cashed all in. To me, the two winners of the trade deadline uh, were the San Diego Padres and the New, the, uh, New York Yankees. Nick, switching gears real quick to the NBA. Yesterday, the Athletic wrote uh, their offseason power rankings in terms of ranking the teams going into next season. And Brandon, I know you mentioned this. Um, in terms of the Clippers, they had the Clippers at 11th. And to me, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that the Clippers are by far and away a top five, top ten team in the league? Where do you see them fitting in? Uh, as far as the league goes, I definitely think they're a top ten team in the league. As far as the Western Conference goes specifically, I think they're a top five team. I think when they're healthy, when they're, they're clicking on all cylinders, I think they're, they're a very formidable opponent offensively, defensively, being able to space the floor the way they need to space the floor. You got two top generals in, in, in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, you have Reggie Jackson who's developed into a serious threat. Um, also, you, you've added the, the services of Norman Powell. Uh, again, health is going to definitely be uh, a form of, uh, a definite factor when it comes to the significance and the success of this Clippers season coming up. But if these guys can stay healthy for the most part, at least play about 85 to 90 percent of their game. I think the Clippers are definitely a top-five team in the Western Conference. I think 11 is just absolutely East Coast bias. And I think it's definitely a, a, a disrespectful slap to the face, a Will Smith slap to the face uh, when it comes to just trying to rank uh, the Clippers. It must have been some type, some, some high school intern that did, that did those ratings. No sound reporter that covers the NBA in depth would ever rank the Clippers at 11. That is absolutely absurd and it's trifling. <laughs> Sticking on the topic of NBA, Nick, I, I know the Pro-Am runs, the, the open runs, you take them with a grain of salt. But James Harden, he looks, at least he looks in basketball shape. He looks like he's in better shape than he was at the end of last season. Are you optimistic about James Harden this upcoming season? What are your thoughts on his ability to regain some f- version of his, his former prime? Because it looked like he was kind of tapering off at the end of last season. 
I think James Harden is going to have to play the way James Harden knows how to play and trust his teammates. Um, I love Maxi. I think Maxi's dynamic. Um, Joel Embiid is going to have to stay healthy. Uh, this year he was robbed of uh, the MVP award as far as I'm concerned. I think he definitely played like an MVP this year. He's going to definitely have to play like that uh, once again. Um, and then, you know, they're going to have to play as a team. It's not just James Harden and the Sixers. It's not, you know, Diana Ross and the Supreme. It's, it's, it's the Sixers that happened to, to, to have Joel Embiid and, and uh, James Harden. I think James Harden realizes the seriousness of where he is. I think he realizes his mortality, unlike he did in times before, which is why he's gotten in shape, which is why he's taking less money at this moment to, to really be all in and really be a team player and to really try to do what he can to try to bring a championship or at least get the Sixers to the NBA Finals. Um, he's doing some things that we hadn't seen James Harden do before because James Harden was, has been about James Harden. He's been uh, contractually, uh, what he's done on the floor, um, he's been about James Harden, but this is the first time we've seen James Harden pretty much be unselfish in a sense where he's not taking the max money. He's out here working out in, in, at the Drew League or you know at some of these pro-am uh, tournaments, and he's actually working out um, you know, with, with, with guys that are able to help him be a better player and maximize his potential. So I think we're seeing, we're starting to see the side turn a little bit uh, in James Harden's favor, and hopefully he can continue that and really uh, display that this coming season. And Nick, staying on the basketball topic and also the Pro-Am stuff, DeJounte Murray came out and said that a lot of NBA players should go and play in these Pro-Ams because a lot of these people can't afford to see them on the bit, you know, at, at the stadium playing in the NBA. What do you think of that? And what do you think of the Hawks this season? Are they going to be a top seven or six team in the East? I can't see them being a top five. I think it'd be a top seven, top eight team in the East as far as the Atlanta Hawks are concerned. But when you talk, when you're also talking about NBA players playing, playing in these programs, it's, it's a it's a it's a catch twenty two because you have to be careful not to risk yourself being injured in these programs because a lot of these guys aren't NBA players, so they pretty much have nothing to lose and they're trying to get a strike, as it were, off of some of these players. So you're going to get you know some hard fouls. You may get some defensive uh, assignments that you probably wouldn't normally get in the NBA. Um, because you understand that there's a different level of competition and guys are trying to make a name for themselves. So you got to kind of be careful with that. I think it's okay for guys to play maybe one game like we've seen LeBron James play. Obviously, late great Kobe Bryant played in a couple of games. Um, you know, at, at Drew at the Drew League, he played in the game with, obviously early in his career at Rucker Park. Um, you see Kevin Durant has participated in Rucker Park. Um, obviously, James Harden has, DeMar DeRozan, you know, guys like that that are actually from the, you know, from the turf uh, out here in, in, in Southern California. Um, you know, you see them a little bit more because they're from here. But you have to also have to be careful um, and make sure that you, you stay healthy and, and stay prepared for the season. So I think you just have to monitor that. I understand the sentiments as far as having, you know, the audience be able to, to see some of these NBA players up close and personal because they don't have the opportunity to afford, you know, very pricey tickets during the NBA season. But hey man they have to take care of themselves because it's not about just the player they are a they are a walking business um and the nba understands that and they have to understand that so they have to be very careful and selective of when they come out um to some of these pro-am tournaments for sure and nick i also wanted to ask you about westbrook on that open run yelling game time before the brick <laughs> shot what are, what, are, what are your thoughts there was it game time is it going to be game time this year do you expect a bounce back year for mr westbrook 
I expect Mace to sign with Death Row Records and that being successful before <laughs> Russell Westbrook is successful this season. How about that? There we go. I agree with you. I, I think it's just a, a, f- a fire waiting to happen. You know, the whole team's on fire. It's a mess. Yeah, Nick, I got, I got a question for you. So Evan Phillips is currently sitting with a 1-5 ERA and a whip below one has gone out of bases loaded no-out innings on back-to-back nights. Yency Almonte hasn't given up a run in his last 12 appearances. Craig Kimbrell's ERA is above four and his whip is above 1-5. Who's going who's gonna to close games for the Dodgers in October? Is one of these two guys going to get a shot? I think right now they have to get a shot. One of those two guys have to get a shot until you start getting guys back healthy. Um, obviously, Blake trying is going to be a huge, a huge uh, addition uh, when he returns because we all know the stuff that Blake trying throws on that mound, especially in relief. Um, but it, it, like I said, this is what it goes back to my point earlier. If you if you were able to acquire a guy like Josh Hader from the Milwaukee Brewers, you would know who your closer was going to be for the most part because you want Josh Hader on that mound. You want a guy like Josh Hader to be in, in rotation. Um, can you imagine him and Blake Trinan? That would be a, that would be a, a nasty combo. Um, you know, Craig is up and down, man. He's up and down like the stock exchange. You know, you never know what you're going to get. You hope that he can go ahead and get the safety, but there's times where, man, you got the bubble guts if you're a fan because you don't know if he's going to save the game or blow it. Um, I think I think that's a, a definite concern that the Dodgers are going to have even moving forward. Um, as far as their closing situation uh, is concerned. So it'll be interesting to see how Dave Roberts uh, mixes that up and, and is able to have some success uh, when it comes to closing out games. Yeah, you know, we mentioned guys coming back. Uh, another big name that's coming back for the Dodgers is Dustin May, who, you know, has started games for them in the past in the playoffs, has been kind of that high-leverage, multiple-inning reliever. Um, what do you see his his role being come October if he's able to, you know, ramp up the innings and, and be healthy for, for the playoff run? Well, I mean, for all intents and purposes, even hearing Dave Roberts talk about, you know, how he's been very successful in his simulated games and, and being able to really have command of the ball, that's very, very promising if you're a Dodgers fan to hear, especially if you're the Dodgers itself, because you want a guy that's going to be able to command the ball, a guy that's going to be strong on the mound and be able to deliver uh, what he needs to deliver in those innings that you put him in. But I can see him possibly uh, being on the innings restriction to, to start off just to make sure they don't put too much on his plate. Um, to ensure his health and to make sure that he's going to be effective uh, in areas where they need him. So I'm looking forward to having Dustin May return. Of course, you're gonna, you are you still have Andrew Heaney, who is probably one of the best guys on the squad other than you know Tony Gonsolin and, and Tyler Anderson um, when he's healthy. Um, obviously, you, you're going to have the return of, of uh, this tight pants himself. Um, um uh, name escapes me for a moment. But anyway, Walker Bueller. Uh, you got Walker Bueller coming back. Um, so they're, 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 they have some guys coming back healthy on this squad. And I think that's what the Dodgers are banking on, which is probably one of the reasons why they weren't as aggressive as we would like them to during the trade deadline because they're, they're anticipating a lot of these guys coming back healthy um, down the stretch and being able to, to fulfill their roles as they make a strong playoff push and head towards the World Series. Nick, in terms of the Lakers, LeBron is eligible as of today to sign a two-year, $97 million contract extension. 
<laughs> NBC Sports was reporting today. I believe Kurt Heelan was saying that he expects the deal. Sources close to him are saying that the deal is expected to get done at some point. Uh, just not sure when. How long do you think this drags out? Do you think that it's possible that it drags into next offseason when, if it does, LeBron would be an unrestricted free agent? I think either way it's a mistake. I think you let LeBron play out this season because you're going to have to somehow divorce yourself away from LeBron James. As great as LeBron James is, I think he's an absolute complete player. Obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer, hands down. Uh, multi-time, you know, NBA champion, but he's older. He's going into his 20th year, and we've seen signs of him slowing down in the last several years. Um, just because with age, it just it just happens to every every great player. Um, and I think if you're the Lakers and you're looking to win championships, you're going to have to some point divorce yourself away from LeBron James. Um, he's not going to last that much longer. Um, people can say what they want; they can have these you know, champagne wishes and waterbound dreams. But in all, all reality, you know, LeBron James has not played a full season in quite some time. And that's because due to injury, because his body is starting to break down. And we have to come to, as, as Laker myopics and Laker fans have to come to the realization that all good things must come to an end. And at some point, you're going to have to say, okay, LeBron, we're going to have to move in a different direction. We're going to have to get younger. We're going to have to get more athletic. And we're going to have to do things that are going to acquire another superstar since we're stuck with Anthony Davis to be able to want to play with Anthony Davis and build around, you know, those two and build a complete team where you can be competitive once again. Because if you stay with LeBron James for too long, you're not winning any more NBA championships. I'm here to tell you. You're not winning any more championships. LeBron is going to probably go after the all-time scoring title. He's going to be the number one, uh, possibly the number one uh, all-time scorer. Um, if he can sustain his health and be able to catch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But other than that, they're done winning championships as far as I'm concerned. Nick, last 90 seconds you were at Rams training camp. Uh, Is there some concern with Stafford, Van Jefferson may need surgery? Uh, And with this, you know, again, generally speaking, Sean McVay does not play his starters during the preseason. Will that once again be the plan? Yes, absolutely. Speaking with Sean McVay, uh, absolutely. Yesterday, first of all, Van Jefferson's surgery was successful. He expects Van to be ready uh, in time for the regular season. So that's very promising. They dodged the bullet there, uh, which they definitely need. They need Van Jefferson. Uh, but I think Matthew Stafford, no, they're not too concerned. I think they're just kind of watching it. Um, same thing that happened last year. You know, um, they, they learned some things from last year's training camp and they were able to uh, ensure that Matthew Stafford is going to be healthy and ready for the regular season and doing the same thing now. So much to do about nothing, much to worry about nothing. So Rams fans, just make sure you're out there on September 8th, uh, come with the full, the full loaded, full-blooded energy. Yeah, can't wait. I mean, finally, listen, we had this like lull here where, you know, no knock on baseball, but these are sort of the dog days of summer where we, where we just had baseball. We got football training camp. We got USC around the corner. We got the uh, Chargers, Rams, all that good stuff. And Nick, you are all over the place. So thanks, as always, for joining us. We'll have you back on uh, next week, and I promise to be here more often. No uh, trips for me. Well, maybe to Las Vegas, but anyway. uh, That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.